Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you're having a great week. I know I am. I'm uh, just wrapping up all my editing for the week. Um, getting ready to shoot a wedding tomorrow, which is basically going to be my last big wedding of the year. Although I do have one more in December, but this to me really feels like my final week as the season's uh, coming to an end. And I'm looking out my back door right now and the leaves are coming down. Um, just a big gust of wind came through and there's all these uh, yellow leaves falling all over the place. So that means I'll be uh, I'll be doing a lot of leaf blowing basically every day. Got to blow the leaves out of the yard, or otherwise they get all like uh, muddy and crusty and just like destroy all the landscaping and everything. So so yeah, I uh, got that to look forward to. Probably probably save that for Sunday after my wedding. But um, I was just watching this show on Netflix called uh, Living Mortgage Free or something like that. And it got me thinking again about about money. And for those of you who have listened to this show uh, before, you know that I'm pretty obsessed with money. I'm pretty obsessed with finance and how we spend our money and, and stuff like that. And uh, wanted to give you guys a quick update and really uh, just wanted to revisit something that I, I spoke about earlier uh, in a previous episode in the show. But I want to make some updates to what I said Honestly, I don't even remember what I said, so I, I just want to clarify a few things and talk about how um, I'm managing my money right now. So, um, just some tips for you guys. Um, this is really, this is kind of what I think. Th it, this is just my opinion, right? I'm not a financial advisor. You should always seek counsel from a financial advisor. Yada yada yada. But this is just kind of my opinion on how. Um, you know, ideally, this is how you should manage your money, from my opinion, right? It's just, it's just me. So, um, I have kind of instant earlier this year, I instituted a new system for myself, in which I basically decided I wanted to try as hard as I could to live off half of my income, and because um, I, I had actually heard about other people doing this, and I thought. I wonder I wonder if I could do that. And I figured, you know what? I probably could cuz back when I was working in TV news, I was making way less money than I am now. So it's got to be possible for me to live off 50% of my income. So I thought I would give it a try, and about 9 months ago, I I basically set my finances up uh in a way that has for the most part, allowed me to do that. Um, as we go into winter time, that's going to be the real test, right? 
on whether I can actually maintain living off 50% of my income or not, but I'm actually pretty confident that it's going to work out. Um, so I'm going to kind of break down what I've been doing over the last nine months for you so that maybe if you are interested, you can give it a try for yourself. Um, so every time I get paid, uh, every time a client pays me, I take 50% of that income and I put it in my checking account. Um, I take 25% of that income and put it in my tax savings account. This is the money that I set, I send to the government, um, four times a year. It's quarterly. So four times a year I pay estimated taxes and I send 25. Thankfully, um, I got an accountant and she got that number down a little bit lower for me. So, uh, yeah. So if you don't have an accountant, make sure you get, had to send her a quick text says, I'll call you later. Um, so anyway, uh, 25% goes to the government. Um, and I just pay out of that account four times a year. Uh, and then the other 25%, I break down, um, I, I basically split it in half again, right? So 12.5% goes to my savings for winter time and just my general savings fund. And the other 12.5% goes into my long-term retirement fund. So once that money goes into my retirement fund, there's no getting it back. At least that's what I've made up in my mind. I mean, you can withdraw money from your retirement accounts, but it's not a good idea because the IRS does penalize you and it's like... It's a pretty stiff penalty. They take a lot of your money if you withdraw from retirement accounts. So you don't want to do that. Once that 12.5% goes in, it's gone. Like I basically consider it gone. I'm never going to touch it. It would have to be a really, really dire emergency for me to uh, tap into any retirement funds. So I consider that money gone. The other money for savings, um, that, that really does build up. I know 12.5% of your income doesn't really sound like that much, but when you're diligent about it and you do it all the time, it, it can add up quite a bit. And what I found is 50% was seen, seemed like just enough for me to live off of my income. And actually the crazy thing is, uh, my wife and I, for the better part of the year have been able to live off just my income. So it's actually been, um, really awesome. Um, because the money that she saves is, is just like gone through the roof. So now that, um, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but my wife had been laid off from her previous job. It was a job in news and they were selling the station. And so, um, they had to make the payroll look good on paper, so they got rid of um, quite a few people, and she was one of those people. Anyway, uh, it's been a couple months. It, I told her it was no big deal. She didn't have to go back to work if she didn't want to, but she's you know she's the kind of person that can't really sit still. So she got another job, um, and now she's making even more money than she was before. So we're going to be able to take most of what she's making and funnel that right into a long-term savings. Um, so, and the idea behind that is there's some investments that we want to make, but they take, um, 
quite a bit of capital to start uh, making those investments. So we really have to save up quite a bit of money in order to make those investments. So that's our goal right now. Um, so like I said, 50% of my income goes into my checking account and I use that to pay all my bills. I use it to pay, um, for it's, it's my fun money too, right? So obviously I pay my, my bills first. Um, but anything left over, I can spend however I want out of that 50%. Um, taxes, I kiss that money goodbye too. Um, I might get a couple thousand bucks back at the end of the year. Um, but that's, you know, it's unlikely. I, I've, I think I've gotten my taxes pretty dialed in to, to where I know exactly how much I'm going to pay and I'm not going to really owe anything, but I'm not going to get anything back either. Um, and yeah, you know, there's an old adage that says pay yourself first. Um, and the idea of pay yourself first means make sure that whatever you do, and, and I know that some of you are thinking I can't, I, there's no way I could live off 50% of my income, right? Like I can barely make ends meet right now, but I'm telling you, like if you can at least get into the habit of, um, saving at least like 20% of your income. So maybe you're not doing 50%, but you know, if, if you're not, um, if you're not doing the 50%, at least find a way to save 20%. Um, and by paying yourself first, by taking that 20, 10 or 20%, at least do 10 for God's sake, but um, by taking that 10, 20% and investing it into long-term investments, you're paying yourself first because there's going to come a day where you're 60, 70 years old and you don't want to um, – you don't want to work, right? You don't want to, you don't want to have to get out of the house and, and bust your back, bust your hump, whatever you got. Maybe you got a back, maybe you got a hump, maybe you got a goiter on your neck. <laughs> I mean, whatever, whatever you got, you may not want to bust it, right? Uh, maybe you got a big nut. Don't want to bust that, right? Inappropriate. Um, so, so there's going to come a, a day, there's going to come a time where you're not going to be either you're not going to be able to work or you're not going to want to work anymore, right? I think when I hit 80, I think I'll be done. Maybe I'll find something I can do, some projects for sure to keep me active, but I don't think I'm going to be wanting to shoot weddings when I'm 80. So make sure you guys pay yourself first before you pay that credit card bill, before you pay, um, you know, whoever, make sure you're taking a chunk of that money and paying yourself because you are the one working for that money, right? Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys have outstanding consumer debt like credit cards, obviously you want to get those paid off. And I'll tell you a quick story. When I was younger, when I was about 20 years old, I got my first credit card. Um, I was still living with my mom at the time, still working uh, a, a, a pretty low-paying job, um, and and I, I wasn't in news yet, but I was still working just like a you know ten dollar an hour job, and um, I got a credit card offer in the mail, and I thought, ooh, this is cool. Because <laughs> um, it allowed me to go out and spend money that I didn't have. And so, of course, I signed up, got the credit card. And I think at first, maybe the first couple months, I was really good about paying it off because I was scared of it. But once I got comfortable using the credit card, uh, that's when 
things kind of got out of my control. Well, they didn't get out of my control. I got out of control, right? It was me making poor decisions, buying stuff that I didn't need. I think I bought like an iPod Nano. I bought like a longboard from like an expensive skate shop in the mall. Like I just bought stuff that like it, like it was just dumb stuff that I didn't need. I didn't have the money for, but I was like, oh, well, I get paid in two weeks, so then I'll pay it off then, right? Uh, then I'd go out to eat, and I'd be like, well, I'm getting paid in ah, only five more days till payday. I'll pay this all off then. And then I'd get my check, and then I'd look at my credit card bill and realize that I'd spent way more than what my check was for, right? And then I'm like, oh, man, okay, so I guess I got to pay this off next in, you know, two weeks from now. And then that two weeks would, would come around and the credit card bill had gone up a little bit more because I was still using the card. But then there was the interest that I didn't, you know, that I accrued by not paying the full balance. And so the bill went up a little bit more. And all of a sudden, I found myself in like $5,000 worth of credit card debt. And I was only like 20 at the time, 19, 20 years old. Um, and I spent the next two, maybe three years, uh, paying that, that debt off. Um, and it wasn't just one card. I, I had gotten out, uh, gone out and gotten another like healthcare credit card and used that on a couple like chiropractor visits and just stupid stuff that I didn't need. Um, so you know, make sure that what you guys are spending your money on, you actually need. And one of the things that I do, especially when it comes to new gear, um, I've been like super into the idea of buying like a new, um, like a red camera. Like I really want, like, I really want the like red Epic with the, like the Gemini sensor or something like that. But, uh, they're like, so these cameras are so expensive. It's like $20,000 just for the camera body. And there's nothing else. You have to buy all the batteries and all the, the, you know, the, the hard drives that store the data and you got to buy everything. And it's like, it's insane. So I'm like, maybe I'll just get a red Raven and I can get a pretty basic kit for like $15,000. And it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to wait a while. And what I found is, you know, in terms of money, one of the best things that you can do is wait a while. Um, when you see something that you really want, uh, I'll do this thing where I'll add things to my Amazon cart because um, I everybody uses Amazon, right? Like I don't think <laughs> like nobody's actually going to stores anymore. We're all just kind of floating through the world of Amazon, living off uh, Amazon for everything. Um, so I'll add things to my cart and then you know, I'll let some time, I won't, I won't make the purchase. What I'll do is I'll add it to my cart. Cause it makes me feel something when I add, when I just click add to cart, like it kind of gives me, it almost like, it's like, almost like when you're hungry and you're like, Oh man, dinner time's not for like another three hours. And I don't want to ruin my dinner. Cause you know, tonight's pizza night and I really want pizza, but man, I'm super hungry right now. So then you maybe you grab a handful of peanuts or something, right? Me adding that item to my cart for me is kind of like grabbing that handful of peanuts. I get the semi-satisfaction of adding that item to my cart, knowing that I'm going to purchase that item in the future. 
But what I do is I hold off, right? I'll add it to the cart. Um, like today I added a couple things. Uh, I, I, I added a couple tripods and like this like speaker setup, which I'll have to tell you guys about later, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, and tomorrow I got to shoot a wedding, so I'm not going to have time to go back to Amazon and look through and whatever. Um, you know, I, in fact, and by the, the time tomorrow's over and by the time the weekend's over, I'm going to forget that I even added those things to my cart. And what will happen is in a week, two weeks, a month, I'm going to come back to my cart and I'm going to see those items in there. And I'm going to have a much better perspective on whether I really need or want those items. And if it's just something I want and I don't really need, um, depending on my budget for that month and stuff like that, then I might pull the trigger. But in general, um, yeah, in general, I'd say, um, you know, I, I oftentimes, I probably don't buy like 50% of the stuff that I put in my cart. Sometimes I'll move it to, you know, save for later or whatever. Um, but you know, this, this system and the way that I do this has really helped me not buy stuff. And it's really saved me a ton of money. Um, I think we all know what it's like to buy something and then realize like a few months later, you see it sitting on the shelf and you're like, Oh man, I really didn't use that. Like I thought I was going to use it. Um, Oh man, I really haven't done with this thing what I thought I was going to do with it. And you know, it was $400 and now that's just $400 that's sitting there. That's not in an investment or it's not money that I can use, um, this month and this month it's really tight and whatever, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that that's really helped me. So I, I encourage you guys to kind of implement some sort of system where you're, um, putting, putting purchases off and delaying your gratification for a little while. Um, just to make sure that you're making the right decision. So um, with that, guys, I wanted to tell you thank you so much for visiting the website, picking up the uh, the contract that's available, the wedding videography contract. I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback about it. Um, I've also gotten a couple like tweak tweakage ideas, I guess, <laughs> uh, for things that could maybe be improved with the contract. So, um, always looking for your feedback there. Um, you know, in the future, I'll probably go ahead and update that. Um, but right now people are loving the contract. So I really appreciate you guys, uh, downloading that. It's really helping me pay back my attorney for putting that all together. <laughs> um, also, uh, make sure you check out the free resources, especially new videographers. I know I have new videographers listening to this show every week uh, or every month. Um, people are always asking me uh, kind of newbie questions, and some of those questions can be answered uh, for you at the website, weddingvideographyschool.com. Until next time, guys, peace. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by Photographers Wearing Wide Brim Hats. Uh, Photographers Wearing Wide Brim Hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company, and for good reason. Uh, they are clearly the most creative, most unique uh, individuals out there, and their photography is so creative, I can't even begin to describe how creative it is. That's how creative it is. If you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing 
wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what, that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures. And maybe one of them is good. Probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on and, you know, really, really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day. Um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get. And they're going to they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical. Probably um, probably just two 8x10s that you can put in the living room next to the closet door. So give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event.